in Arabic pop culture, yes, there's the highbrow, there's the like mega lowbrow, but there's this vast space in the middle, mm. which is actually very interesting nowadays looking at what streaming has brought to the Arab content landscape is that they've created more room for this middle part to be filled out. So we think of Al Rawabi School for Girls, we think of Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. all these different shows that are coming out, which is genre film or genre TV shows where you're filling out content desires because yeah. all you had was the one-off amazing film or the constant flow of shit TV. Shit TV. And I'm Marilyn, and you're listening to Who Run the Time. Who Run the Time is a spin-off of Who Run the World, a podcast that we started about two years ago on the dot during lockdown, where Marilyn and I were in quarantine together for a few months, and we decided to tell you how we ran the time. But then lockdown ended in some places, continued in others, but where we were, it ended. But you know what happened, Marilyn? The time continued to run. And we kept running it. And we're like, fuck it. We're still going to tell people how we run the time. Because we do some funny, crazy things. But this is not a funny, crazy thing we did. What we did was put on Netflix and watch a movie called... Ashab Which is an Arabic adaptation of a... Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, which is an Italian movie that was then done into a French movie. That was then done into some other language movie. I think there's like dozens of them. Like 18 or something. What is the premise, Marilyn, of this movie? Tell us. So essentially, it's a dinner between a group of friends. It sounds like the men uh, went to school together, and then there are their wives, girlfriends, etc. So there's three couples. The fourth uh, gentleman shows up without their supposed girlfriend who is sick that day. It's essentially a dinner, and then what happens is that one of the... Actually, one of the hosts, the wife, Nadine Labeke. I don't know what her character's name is. I called all of them by their actor names, by the way. Exactly. So she comes up with this game that they're going to play, which is everybody's going to put their phones on the table and any message, any voice note, any WhatsApp, any email that comes up, that person will have to read it out loud to the others. Crazy Dangerous game. First of all, what do you think of this whole notion of sharing your phone and having your messages out there i don't see why i would agree to play a game like that i don't think that just because you're married to someone or friends with someone it means that they should have a purview into 100 percent of your lives i'm perfectly happy for my husband to have areas of his life that are inaccessible to me and vice versa and i think that when we do play these kind of games there's always this underlying assumption that somebody is cheating on someone the whole show was about who cheats on whom in which ways yeah right and i think it's unfortunate that they didn't get like a farnham street newsletter yeah exactly <laughs> like all of the content was around treason and also there are so many things i'm interested in that i just don't want to share it doesn't have to be cheating but there's some parts of your life where it's like oh this is mine yeah and conversations with friends that are mine i have friends that i never see with my husband and he knows it and they know it occasionally we'll all come together but it's just when i see them i make it a point that it's me and them so as a promise i just i don't think i would have been one of the people who agreed to play the game although i don't got nothing to hide um, but i do it's a dangerous game and it's very focused on relationships being the only kind of core element of someone's existence and i just find it reductive that's all and every single one of them in the plot 
had some form of yeah except um, Nadine Lebeck's husband who gets like an ad from a travel agency who gets an ad and then his big secret is that he sees a therapist like that was like his sounds big like an okay secret reveal. To me. exactly yeah. and they were like oh my god I can't believe you didn't tell me and I'm like yeah but also with the, someone who does go to therapy it's like something that you can choose to share or not share well, spoiler alert from here on out if you guys are planning on watching it please stop go watch it come back because we're going to talk about The different revelations. Everything. Okay. There are many revelations that occur that night. Let's kind of go through them a little bit. Okay. So let's start with the Egyptian couple. Yes. So the Egyptian couple, first of all, why the hell are they living in Lebanon is my big question. (laughs) Leave that alone. People Uh, can live in other places. People can live in other places, but Lebanon is not very much known. You don't know that. There could be the odd Egyptian couple in Lebanon. Sah. That's very true. But anyway, they head to the dinner and as... The wife heads to the dinner. She takes off her underwear. We don't know why in the beginning. And then what is revealed throughout the film is that he is receiving pictures. Yeah, sexy pictures on his phone. And she is sending sexy pictures. I don't think she's sending pictures. I think she's having a sexy talk with someone on Facebook that she doesn't know. And for with him, it's not sure if he's seeing this person or not. He doesn't th- look like he is because we see a scene of him like looking at the pictures alone in the bathroom. Yeah, and that's not much talking it. to anybody. He's just getting porn essentially. Exactly. And she is having like sexy talk with a stranger on Facebook who asks her if she's wearing underwear or not. Like, which is funny that she's sexting. giving to someone else what he's receiving from someone else. Like that's the ironic yeah. part. And then we discovered that there's like a. <laughs> A reason for all of this, which is that there's been a traumatic accident. She was driving a car, killed somebody. He took yes. the blame for her. And ever since then, their couple has been broken and they haven't you know, touched connected. each other or connected on a sexual level. And exactly. they kind of feel like strangers to each other. We do not find all of this out in a straightforward in a straightforward manner. manner. Instead, two of the men flip their phones. And what happens is the Egyptian man's porn looks like it's going to the guy who came solo. And the guy's solo phone goes to the Egyptian man who receives texts from another man. The Egyptian wife, Monazaki's character, thinks her husband is gay. gay and flips his shit. Also, she's an alcoholic. As she's getting progressively drunker, she's getting progressively more emotional and she flips his shit. Can I say what an incredible actress? She wins the film. Totally. She's the MVP of the film, for sure. She had me cracking up, but also feeling sad. But Crying also on and being the edge. angry with her and everything. And like you really felt her emotions, whereas I think the Nadine Labaki character as a contrast was very... What happened up. to her? She could she act. She's not a good actress. Yeah, and she could pass. Uh, no, in Caramel, she was fine, but like she's a good director. But yeah, she's not she a good really actor. failed for me as an actress in this one. Anyway, so going back That's to That's one discovery. So then we find out that this other man, the single man, is actually gay, and he had just lost his job because turns out that the university found out he was gay. And it was a very interesting moment in this whole revelation of someone is gay at the table. You'd had some friends that were supportive and then other friends who... We're like, how dare you not tell me? Like, I need to know this as if, if I knew this, I would not have been friends with you. Yeah, absolutely. Just in the Arab world alone to have a gay character on the screen and not all the reaction being like, oh, this is disgusting. We must burn him on the stake. Exactly. (laughs) And one of the characters, Adil Karam, had a very violent reaction to his Egyptian friend. Yes. And his Egyptian friend, in defense of the other (laughs) friend who was actually gay, was like, calm down. Like, this is not a big deal. Right. Yeah, and in the end, he says something that you and I both loved mm. when everything is revealed in the Halas, end. We know that the phones were flipped. We know everything. And he says, 
I was gay for one hour and it's been the worst hour of my life. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful way of like representing the persecution mm -hmm. and the shit that gay people have to deal with in some of our contexts. The other um, big narrative here is around the other two couples, which we only find out is implicates both of them at the end. Mm -hmm. But Adel Karam and his wife, again, don't know the character's name, but her real name is Diamant. It sounds like he's always been a player. She's a recent wife, like they haven't been married for mm -hmm. too long. But in the beginning, we see them at their house and she's on the phone. She's a veterinarian and he's like uh, kissing her and they look like oh, they have a good, happy relationship. And then we discover that he is cheating on her First, we discover that he's cheating on her with his assistant. On that date, his wife had told him that she stopped taking the pill and he freaked out. But then it turns out his assistant is pregnant. And that's like a complete meltdown of mm -hmm. the film. One of the ways in which we find out is his jeweler calls him yes. and he has to put him on loudspeaker. Yes. And he asks him like, oh, did she enjoy the ring, the earrings, the whatever? And then his wife flips because she doesn't have piercings in her ear. And then later on, we see Nadine Lebeke shove the earrings in his face slap him because now she knows that not, not only is he married which she knew already but he's also cheating on both of them so to speak with yes. somebody else it feels now in hindsight there was little easter eggs where nadine was poking at adil karam and diamond and trying to create like a situation and it almost feels like she wanted the phones to be out yeah to kind of have this whole revelation which actually that's the one thing that was not made public to the group Nadine Labeke's husband kind of gets a whiff of it and he gets seems it. like he understands he gets it at the end he's like I like your earrings yeah so that's like intercouple cheating at the dinner table the one qualm as we were saying before Nadine Labeke's character was very one note it didn't feel like she had a lot of emotional depth mm -mm. especially in contrast to other characters like Yamin and Monazaki and the other Egyptian, the, the husband Egyptian actor, they were so nuanced and you can get these different facets of their Completely. personality, like they're funny, but they're also very passionate people, they're awkward and all these different things. There's also a little shout out to the moment where Yamin finds out that all the other boys are playing soccer together and oh he wasn't my God, invited. Haram. It was, by the way, that was actually for me, like all the cheating was chaotic, but that moment was like a very hurtful moment. It was terrible. No one ever wants to feel Haram. left out. All these secrets are coming out and emotions are heightened and it's slowly breaking the facets of their friendship until the very end where everyone's heading out to their car. There's been a reset button turns out that George Khabiz, Nadine Lebeke's husband, was the one who refused to play the game. And so they didn't play it. And so they had a normal dinner doing normal things and they no revelations were made. We had a debate about this, about whether we liked that ending because it felt like, oh, this never happened. Then what is the movie trying to say? Now, it's nice that it's open to interpretation, that each person can take what they want from it. Is it better for these things not to be shared? What do you share and spit what we were talking about at the beginning yeah. of this episode? Of so that. my perspective on that was, I really loved that they wrapped up the film with nothing having happened. Mm. Because if they'd left it broken, you'd be like, ya Allah, these guys, and they lied to their friends. Like you would have criticized them. By putting it back together, they're forcing you to realize that they're only putting up a mirror to you. You are also doing that in your life. Oh, totally. You cannot escape the thought that you are doing that in your life. Totally. And you have to decide how you feel about that. I wonder, walking out, do you feel a sense of relief? Of, oh, nothing was broken? Or do no, you walk I out? actually, for me, it was the opposite. I was like, oh, no. 
Yeah, that's what I felt. Like all of this thing that could have like liberated all of them to go and seek a happier life, potentially to have conversations that are important, potentially get over them, mm. has been taken away and they're going to live another 10 years of lies. That's how I felt walking away from the film. And I was like, what stupid ending? What's going to happen to these characters? Like they should be able to be themselves. And such a shame that the Yamin character can't just be open. That if this Jamal character can just go off and live her life and not waste her time with a player. If Adil Karam wants to be a player, just let him be a player and like mm-hmm. sleep around with people. God knows why Nadine Labake is in a rut in her life on the <laughs> film and she's in a rut. But I wonder if I was a viewer who was either having trust issues with her partner, was cheating, was being cheated on, had some secret, how would I have felt watching that? What would have been the experience yeah. of watching that film? Like I can imagine it would be a very uncomfortable experience. Your sense of like, I'm mm. going to be found out would be heightened. Yeah. And what I love about this film is that it, you have the conversation after. There's so many things that you can talk about. I mean, is it the best uh, cinematic experience no. of my life? No. Is it the uh, excellent representation even of its own genre? It has a lot of flaws. Mm. You know, like the characters don't actually warm up to in- each other until halfway through yeah. the film. They filmed over 28 days. I don't know if they filmed it chronologically, but it definitely felt like they did. Yes. In the beginning, they're like, literally strangers it was very clunky in the beginning it gets better the script gets better their delivery gets better Mm. but was it a film that i definitely think is worth watching yes and i think to me what wins that is that it has courage in literally having real stories because if you look at like lebanese cinema production it's like either no caramel kafarnaum whatever like these literally like almost designed for international audiences award fodder exactly or you have like really shit tv where somebody always ends up pulling a gun and oh yeah or like it's like it's oh, always like nasty i'm humans. in love with this person but the mother-in-law is not into you like that's the, the plot of Lebanese yeah TV and it's shows. one of the first films where i think we all felt we were being represented on yeah. screen they talk the way we talk yeah. like they said ate it on the film like i thought that was <laughs> such a moment it was amazing to watch a film to hear people talk the way my friends and i talk in arabic yeah completely and talking about similar things teasing each other even like sitting at dinner and what was on the dinner table it wasn't like she <laughs> go and the egyptians brought mluhiyah with ernab or like rabbit and it just everything about it just felt realistic mm-hmm. and familiar and that's what a dinner party would look like in lebanon in it our circles be. of course yeah. but also to your point is in arabic pop culture Yes, there's the highbrow, there's the like mega lowbrow, but there's this vast space in the middle, Mm. which is actually very interesting nowadays looking at what streaming has brought to the Arab content landscape is that they've created more room for this middle part to be filled out. So we think of Al Rawabi School for Girls, we think of Perfect Strangers, Mm -hmm. all these different shows that are coming out, which is genre film or genre TV shows where you're filling out content desires because all you had was the one-off amazing film or the constant flow of shit TV, which makes us all turn to foreign content. And I think we would be remiss 
if we didn't also mention the backlash that came after Perfect Strangers. Yeah, and just one thing you also said, I think, about streaming that is worth mentioning mm. here. It was a really good point, which is it also allowed us to escape censors. Yes. So whether it was Rawabi or it was this film, they were able to stream direct, which meant they didn't have to go through the cinema authority. Yes. They didn't have to go through the yes. film authority, yes. the TV authority. They could just move on. And that's why it's changing the game. Yeah. Right, because you don't have to... Like in Lebanon, at least, I won't talk for other countries, but in Lebanon... Every film that would be shown or TV show that would be shown in cinemas or on television has to be had to go through the censorship office. And I imagine it's very similar in a lot of Arab countries, if not all of them. Absolutely. And then in terms of the backlash, when I first heard that there was going to be a backlash, I thought it was going to be against the gay character. Me too. And then the patriarchy strikes again. Of course. And the backlash is? The backlash was on the Monazaki character All she does, holding this woman, her fucking underwear. All she does is that, I guess she anticipates, like it's a game she must be playing with the guy she's te- sexting with, mm-hmm. whether she's wearing underwear or not. And so just before leaving the house, she she's like, her I'll be right back and takes off her underwear, puts it in her bag, puts it in her handbag, walks out. That's it. We don't see anything. She's fully dressed. She's super mehtishme, like nothing. What does mehtishme mean? Like uh, modest. Even her dress, like yeah. she's not showing boobs, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then that's it. And then we we find out that she's sexting. And we find out that her husband is receiving porn and Adil Karam is cheating on three people. Like, But out of all, all of the stuff. Shit. And then we hang on the public, the Egyptian public, public, hangs on her sexting and taking her underwear off. And they were saying it's that was not a proper conduct of women and that Egyptian women are not like that and it's going against the moral law and all these different things and these are a lot of politicians came out and said this and members of thank parliament. you Muslim brotherhood you know thank you Muslim because Egyptians I mean come on let's go back and they look at you know belly dancers like they invented Arab female sexuality yes. and also Egypt is one of the cradles of like Arab cinema I and mean, all the creativity and yeah, all these and, things. And women were voluptuous, voluptuous and, and beautiful and out there and powerful yeah. in older Egyptian cinema. Yeah. And there was a lot of denial and like wanting to stay as far away as this film as possible from Egypt as a Lebanese person. I'm like, we'll take it. We'll <laughs> take all the fucking credit because this is the type of things that people should be creating and talking about. And yeah. also the fact that we are talking about this and saying like oh we went around the censorship office and oh we thought they were gonna pick on this and not there wasn't on that. even a sex scene you know if this film was an american film <laughs> it wouldn't, it be wouldn't have been controversial in the slightest literally we don't see a boob nothing we don't see a peen we don't see a bra we don't see anything and even the gay character his boyfriend is just mentioned by name and we don't even see them. Like even in the final scene where he's driving and he gets to the corniche and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to see Roy. What a moment. And we don't. And he's just doing jumping jacks. Even at the beginning of the film when Adil Karam and Jamar are like making out, they're not really making out. I think their lips no, touched. No, he's like kissing her hair for a on the side. It's the most PG movie. The scandal is through talk. Totally. Here's another one that didn't get any backlash that I thought would more than Monazaki, like the 17-year-old talking to her dad about sex. Kudos to this film for putting all of this in the script. So definitely go and watch it. But it's just, it's fascinating to see what people are reacting to. It really is. And it's, here's a final thought before we close off. I think this film as a content creator is both encouraging and discouraging. Are you going to end us on a low note? But I'll tell you why it's discouraging (laughs) first. (laughs) It's discouraging on one hand because it was a reminder of 
the fight that we still have in this region mm-hmm. for creativity, representation, and how we have political entities that are against us. But it's encouraging because, A, as we mentioned, the streaming platforms are allowing a lot of opportunity. And it's also encouraging because the public discourse and the audience are, is strong as well. People in the creative field, and even there was an article in The Hollywood Reporter about this and saying how the people are defending this film and mm-hmm. are standing behind mm-hmm. it. And it was the first time where I felt that the creative industry had kind of like an army. People that are ready to fight for these things and create these things. And it goes back to this whole question of being brave and putting things out there. And I'm very excited to see what's going to come next. Yeah, definitely excited to see what this and Rawabi School for Girls have opened the door to. Yeah, and because there's Netflix... Disney Plus is coming to the region. Hella, Disney Plus is not gonna. I think Netflix actually is the only one that would bother with this. Amazon Prime. It's gonna. I don't come. think Amazon Prime will bother with the region, to be honest. It's gonna come. Uh, local production. It might not start producing things now. That's what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, in five but years. But I mean, like in the next year or two. No, now I Netflix. still think Netflix <laughs> is the torchbearer. And as much as I think their content on the Anglo-Saxon side has become cookie cutter and shit, I think they're being very courageous and experimental in these new regions yes. and opening the door for fresh yeah. content. Agreed. Shahed differently though. Shahed like is obviously a local platform, but they've also explored new genres and mm-hmm. different kind of content coming out of the Arab world. So I'm just really curious to see what we end up watching in the next two years. Me too. I'm very excited to show how much people are hungry for this. It was the number one film on Netflix in the entire Arab region and it was number two in France. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so all the Lebos and all the Arabs. Everyone, everyone was like, <laughs> and it shows you how hungry people are for this type of stuff. So thank you, Netflix. Yeah, and thanks to the producers and actors and directors and scriptwriters and all the other people who got involved in the in the making of this film for creating and opening that door. Looking forward to more content. And if you like our content, please uh, leave us a rating, follow us on Instagram, send us an email at say hi at whorunttheworldpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to make a contribution to the world this week perhaps consider donating to creative geniuses in parts of the world where it's not so easy to be a creative we shall find a couple of links for you and put them in the show notes and with that we leave you with the thought that you should definitely watch the show if you haven't and we do hope you enjoy it and send us your thoughts thank you everybody